Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. We just came out of about four weeks of preaching about one of the most complex ideas you can preach, and that is the incarnation of, the, of God <laughs> in human form. I mean, honestly, that's one of the most debated, uh, you know, kind of discussed and sometimes even argued over topics. So I'm just, we're sliding out of that into, I'm just going to kind of talk out of my heart today. Y'all cool with that? I feel like it's, we're sliding out of 2014, getting ready for 2015. And I just got a couple of things on my heart that I just wanted to share. But, you know, I'm thinking about how, where, where we're going personally in our lives, Sarah and I and our family, and then also as a church. And it just keeps coming up within me, freedom, 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 you know? So, but f- the interesting thing about freedom is that you don't really know how free you are until you lose your freedoms or someone starts trying to tell you how they want you to be. Then you, then you buck that and it's like, wait a minute, I want the freedom. But when we do have freedom, we don't know what to do with it. And it's funny because you come into this church, and I'm just going to talk about this church more than I normally do. Just, just Jesus is here. That's why we're here. We're worshiping him. But I'm just going to talk about our congregation for a little bit. So, you know, people come in and, and misperceive the lack of program activity or the lack of this is what you've got to do jargon coming from me. You know, we don't have the hierarchy. We don't dangle the carrot of you are supposed to be this. And if you will go through our system, you will be where God needs you to be. I don't want a system. I trust the Holy Spirit for you more than I trust me for you. So let's just all gather, encourage one another, worship, and follow God. You know, it's way easier than we've made it out to be. So when people come into this environment, it's the freedom is misinterpreted. It's looked at as, wait a minute, and, and consciously the thoughts don't really run this way. And I'm telling you this because going into the next year, you see we're getting more and more and more people coming in. We've had to go to two services. Both services are getting more and more full. We may even do like a Saturday night service with a whole different group of people. You know, probably maybe not have kids' church on that. I don't know. We'll just have to see. We just want to serve the community, you know. So, but people come in and and see this freedom. It's like, wait a minute. I'm not being told what to do. You know, I'm not being pressured to give. I'm not being pressured to plug into some system to be more spiritual. Do you feel that way? Am I, do I have it wrong or do you feel that way? Yes, this is yes. This is no. Yes. You love the freedom. <laughs> but it's, but, but it's, 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 from what I've been told, I don't have a lot of church experience, but it's unusual to go in and not have the track laid out for you of how you're supposed to run through the process, you know? Or you've got this culture that you've got to adopt and you've got to start speaking this other language in order to be accepted in that group. Now, if you get up here and you start saying dumb stuff about God, I'll take the mic away and ask you to sit down. Or you start mistreating people. We'll have a conversation. But other than that, man, you follow God. But what that means is, don't sit here and wait for us to tell you what to do. You follow God. 
And once you start to follow, once you figure out, okay, this is, this is where I think I want to go, then we'll gather around and support that. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we can as an organization to undergird and, and, and lift you up in that path. How many of you have experienced that here? Good. I'm just wondering. I kind of put myself out on the limb here asking these kind of questions, but you got me. You got my back. All right, we're good. That's right. <laughs> but it takes, it takes us valuing the freedom and being uh, initiators in this process, you know. Like Dean and I keep talking, and, and both of us want to do it, and it's like, okay, we just got to get the traction, get it going. We both want to have like an entrepreneurial kind of business-focused uh, small group. And he and I have met and talked about it, and, you know, right around the beginning of the year, every time we kind of get some traction, but it just takes just sticking with it, you know. But it would be easy for a situation like, and he's more mature than this, so I'm just going to use him as an example as if he's not. <laughs> but it might be easy for him to get offended or start feeling like they don't support me, this isn't where I'm supposed to be, they don't like me, I don't know, that church, when it's like, no, if he takes the responsibility himself to start stepping up and gathering and stepping out in what he wants to do, then we'll get behind and support that. Whereas a lot of times you go in and it's, you know, where, what, what's available for me and where's the ceiling? And I, want, I don't want there to be a ceiling. I want us to dream big because it's not about this organization. It's about God. It's about the gospel going out. Over the past week, two weeks really, I've just been going and reading all of Jesus' instructions. And I'm kind of working on this series. Where there's, there's really only about 38 things that he said, but they're all wrapped up in this. I've got, these are the only notes I have today. But it, it's just so simple. Again, I feel like one of the callings of our church is to make complicated spiritual truths simple. Does that sound good? We need it simple. Not, not shallow, but just simple. Where we can actually take and apply and live this stuff. So if you take Jesus, He is our Lord, He is our God, He is our Savior. He is our redemption, our sanctification, our wisdom. It is His Spirit, the Spirit that He was filled with when He was on this planet, walking and being led, that lives within us, and we walk and are led the same way that He was. As He is, so are we in this world. So we want to follow Jesus, right? I mean, that's really what it boils down to. I want to follow Jesus. Now, we come from the perspective of a real New Covenant-focused perspective where once you are in this new covenant, you take on all the attributes of what Jesus did for you. In other words, the cross is about exchange rather than an open door. The cross isn't just, hey, I'm going to die for you and open the door and hope you get to heaven. No, it's an exchange for all those who come into the Father through that blood. Your sin for His righteousness. Your lack for His provision. Everything that's in Him has been replaced and put within you. You are literally a new creature. You believe that? Yes. I mean, you know, you might look at your behavior over the last holiday month and think, well, I sure do look like I used to. 
wish I had that carrot cake sitting on my counter all month long. <laughs> oh, that carrot cake's good. We're almost halfway through it. I don't know if we're going to make it all the way through. <clears throat> but, you know, the problem is we don't think spiritually. We don't use a spiritual context to look at life. We use a mixed context, you know. So hopefully we've transitioned out of trying to be righteous in our own works and receiving the gift of righteousness that is in Christ. So covenantally we understand we're not under the new, under the old, we are in the new, and you can't apply the old to you. It's been fulfilled. Jesus has fulfilled it. The only law that's left that applies to you is love. You walk in love, you fulfill the law of God. You fulfill the commandments of Christ. Love toward people, love toward Him. It's pretty simple. So if you look at the teachings of Christ and you understand who you are, your new identity, which is a big one. I mean, it takes a lot of reprogramming. It can take a couple of years to hit every area of life to reprogram yourself, to repent to the point where your mind is changed to the degree, to the degree where you realize, yes, I am acceptable before the Father because of what Christ has done in me. Now, if I yield to that, that will transform me outwardly. But it's all about, in our minds, where we go with it. You know, how do you see yourself? Do you believe you still have a sin nature? Then you're always going to fight and struggle sin. You're never going to think that you can be completely free from that. So, religion, because it still mixes the covenants, it still thinks that your righteousness and holiness and justification and sanctification are all separate things that happen different ways, and it's not all through Christ, likes to look at the external and say, no, you have to do this. This is the path to this. This is the path to justification. This is the path to sanctification. This is the path to redemption. This is the path to holiness. It's like, you know what? Just give me Jesus, and you keep all your theological terms. My wife laughed. <laughs> That's all I care about. The rest of y'all. But you, so you look at Jesus, right? You boil it down to what he taught. And this is, I'm just going to kind of run through this. Repent, believe, learn of, and follow Jesus. Repent means change your mind. Repentance is not about coming down, groveling, begging God for forgiveness, and then he says, okay, now you feel sorry for enough for your sin, now I will give you forgiveness. No. Yeah, no, that ain't right. You're doing it the wrong way. If you come up and you feel guilty before God, now, I understand remorse. You mess up, ugh, you, don't, you know, you, ugh, I don't want this in me. But, you, but then you have to think about it in a, in a legal term, you're not, you may feel guilty emotionally, but you are not guilty before God for that sin because Jesus has removed it from you. Now, see, the carnal mindset and the legalistic mixed covenant mindset will say, okay, well, so that sounds like you're saying sin's okay. No, you're still thinking carnally if you hear it that way. Spiritual thinking realizes Okay, that's right. That's not me. Yes, sin still kills. I still acknowledge that I need to abstain from sin. If I'm truly in this new covenant, living under grace, I will rise above the power of sin. It's my only hope to stay out of 
death and destruction. But I'm not going to let myself feel like God's angry with me because all the wrath was already put on Jesus. I keep pointing at you a lot. You must... <laughs> you, know, you understand what I'm saying? So it's like we have to learn how to realize how to take our emotions and get them to line up with truth. Specifically spiritual truth. And not just that, but then from there forward, think in a spiritual context. Not like some mystical thing where we're out there, but life-focused. How does God, how does God truly see me? Where am I in this relationship with God Almighty? In context of what Jesus has done. Then we follow Jesus. And it's so much easier than we think. Repent, believe, learn of, and follow Jesus. Forgive and don't judge. These are all of Christ's teachings kind of boiled down to a few points. Forgive and don't judge. Take care of those in need and be generous. He talks more about giving than anything. And it's not just money. See, religion focuses on the act. True Christianity focuses on the heart. Where's your heart with God? Because where your heart is determines your actions. Your actions are only a fruit. That's why religion points at it and says, okay, you do this, you do this. You're not doing this, so you must be this. Well, no, you can't judge somebody. It's tied together there. Preach and teach the gospel. We're all called to do that. We're all commissioned to do that. And as we preach and teach, you pray as the Spirit leads. And... Uh, we were talking about that. Donald and Cheryl love to pray for people and see miracles a lot. And we were talking about how, you know, you have to be at a place of surety with Christ and God's love for us and where we are with the Father independent from your results. And we have to be led by the Spirit when we step out. Now, does God, personally, I believe that one of the benefits of the exchange of the cross is physical healing. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. There's not one instance in the Word of God, in the Gospels that we have, where they brought someone to Jesus and they didn't get healed. He went to a town where they didn't know him, or they knew him, and he was doing some miracles for the ones that came to him, but the ones that knew him couldn't receive who he really was. That's the only limitation we ever see is that they don't see Jesus for who he is. They see Jesus, they see the flesh. That makes sense? So when we're flesh-focused or our approach is from the flesh toward the supernatural, there's all kind of limitations. But if you will... Only step out as led by the Spirit in love, you'll never fail. <coughs> That's one of his teachings because he said, hey, preach, teach the gospel, go into all the world, lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. But it's as the Spirit leads. And then trust God, have faith toward God. I'm going to break all these down and make, because this is where we're going to focus over the next month. I'm going to kind of 
go back and look at all these. We're going to look at it from the perspective of taking your dreams, your, your ideas, where you want to go in the future, what you want to do, what you want your life to look like. Incorporate it with the teachings of Jesus, you know, because that's what we, how we want to live our lives. Not just, oh, I want to be an astronaut and forget that Jesus stuff, you know. No, it's got to be rooted in the Word, fulfilling the Great Commission, but your heart gets to be expressed in the process. And that's what I want to help you do over this next month is what's in your heart and how can we move that forward in light of following Jesus? That's good stuff. I'm excited about that. And above all, love. Walk in love. If you're committed to walking in love, you'll walk out everything else effortlessly. That sounds familiar. I think Jesus said that. You love, you fulfill all the commandments. They're all wrapped up in this, love. And, you know, I keep coming back to this, and Mike and I were talking about this and, you know, how it applies in, in his area. I don't know how in the world he's going to follow God through <laughs> politics and apply love, but I'm glad he's doing it and we're going to be behind him. Amen? <laughs> but... It's like it really just comes down to, man, we're free. Now what are we going to do with this freedom? Oh, love. I'm going to follow Jesus through this process to love. And the result is the only formula that he gives us of reaching the world is love. If we have love for one another, the world will believe. Because, see, that, that's where we live. It's like, oh, what does God want me to do? What am I supposed to do? What do I want to do? Am I, have, am I making God happy? Am I making God angry? I'm looking at these circumstances, and we're buried in this. And, man, life just gets heavy, and life gets distracting. And then religion tricks you into believing that God is somehow involved in the confusion or allowing or creating the environment of the confusion. And it's like, no, it's like, you know, it's like, taking a shower with your socks on or something. You can't mix the two, you know? It's like you are either spiritually minded or you are carnally minded. But when you are desiring spiritual realities in your life, but thinking physically or carnally, there's confusion. It's not going to make sense. We compare spiritual with spiritual. And I realize, you know, we've been all, if you're charismatic church background, that means, okay, here we go. We're going to start doing all the weird stuff. It might get a little weird. We may be weird for y'all, but that's all right. It's, it's life. It's, it's true gospel fruit that we want to see. And, and it's, it's easier than we've made it out to be. And you can do it all just from committing to walking in love. See, because... I'm going to preach. I've, already, I've got like four messages already somewhat laid out. And the one that's jumping in my mind right now is that all things are possible. <sighs> I, I, I think about the Critcos. You know, most of you know Vicki and John Crit, uh, Vicky and John, Vicky and George Critco lost their 29-year-old son. Vicki and George are members here, and we love them. And so many people showed up to the funeral, and Tracy and uh, Stephen Cooper did an amazing job at the service. Very, very honoring of John. And um, 
they shared one of the stories that everybody's been passing around, and that is the John, the one who passed, five-year-old daughter, when she was told about her dad, said, oh, so when he went, there was magic all around him and all these colors, and there were angels flapping their wings, and they took dad to God. Man, that's how I want to see life. Magic all around. Magic last week. Oh, your, my granddaughter. your granddaughter. Where is she in here? No. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell uh, us what happened. Clint was uh, he was asking people, "What did you see?" After our Christmas Eve service, yeah. I kind of opened up for people to express what and they experienced. Came to, came to Madeline and says, "Do you have something to say?" And she was all embarrassed and wouldn't. And when we got in the car and left, she says, "Well, Clint, I saw a big angel behind him." Wow. Uh, yellow. Yellow with white outlines. Yellow with oh, white outlines. White with yellow outlines. That's what she but had she to say. Like wings, <laughs> she says next time she comes, she'll tell you. Oh. But she sees Isn't angels. she here today? No. Oh, that was a different one. We only get her every other week. Oh, okay. She sees angels quite often. Wow. She's seven? Ten. 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 They're everywhere. You know, I, I remember looking at her thinking. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> Y'all see anything? You know, and, and I was at a party and started talking about this story. And one of the people there said, oh. and I was like, she's five. <laughs> this person's a believer. It's like, really? You know, how far are we away from believing that God is with us and around us? That's, that's the height of religion. I'm not trying to criticize this person. It's the mindset. But it's not just a story. It's, it's real. The spiritual world is real. That's right. You know, I mean, right now, God is with us and in us. Christ's words are alive and powerful and bringing life. I mean, they, you know that part where he said, I will be in you, a wellspring of life, welling up into eternal life? That's happening right now. In this very moment, you can stop and turn your attention toward the Father, recognizing that Christ dwells within you. And that is a life force rising up within you that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to your physical body. That same spirit is manifesting among us because that's what Jesus said would happen, that he and the Father would manifest among us. He would make his dwelling with us, that he is leading us and guiding us in this moment. You know, it's like we think, okay, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to do this thing, and then I'm going to go out in my life, and then I'm going to try and get God to show up and do something. Man, no, every moment, it's like it's just constant life flowing, magic all around. I'm going to use that phrase, not just to cheapen, but, you know, in honor. But, man, you know, it, it, he's so much more willing. And see, that, that's why I personally don't take the time to focus on the supernatural a lot because I think if you believe the truth about who God really is, you'll experience it. 
Most of y'all prophesy, you don't even know it. I'd rather have it that way than you get up and start sucking all the wind out of the room and, <laughs> and thinking that, am I saying it right? Man, I'm telling, I'm telling you, if you know God's love for you and you are moved with that toward people, the gifts will just happen. You can't stop it. You won't be able to stop it. You, you won't even look for it. It won't even be your grid. You know, it's like, Jesus, oh, man. He, he found out about John the Baptist. Think about this. The man who baptized Jesus, the man who, you know, publicly <laughs> called Jesus into his ministry, right? Because up until 30, it wasn't like he was raising dead birds and, you know, walking on mud puddles and tricking his parents like the little cartoons that you see, you know. He was a man. Now, he was God, you know, all that. <laughs> but it says that there's nothing about him that we would look upon him and desire him. You look at him and think, okay, there's nothing different than him. But at 30, man, he steps out. And it's John the Baptist. They're cousins. Well, I don't think, it wasn't like they didn't know each other. You know, it'd be like you two. Kind of. <laughs> Mike and Dean. It's like all of a sudden, you know, which one of y'all gets to be Jesus? Let's see. <laughs> Mike points at him, Dean raises his hand. <laughs> you know, it's like his cousin shows up. They have to have loved each other, loved each other, you know, they're family. And he loses his head. And, and Jesus goes away and to mourn, you know. To just, well, we don't know specifically to mourn. It just says he removed himself. He disappeared. He went away. And people came and found him. And, and the very thing, the very next thing it says, after he goes away, after hearing about John the Baptist is, he was moved with compassion and started healing the ones they brought to him. Man. You know, even in his grief, even in his losing in life, he just can't help but love. And when you love, amazing things happen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for designing this place to be the perfect place for us to dwell and experience your provision relationship with you. Lord, we look to the, the fulfillment of the promise, this eternal life that we have with you. Because you love us, because you see us as your children, you desire to have us in your family. So you did whatever it took to make that possible. Thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. And we commit to believing that you love us. We commit to live a repentant lifestyle where we continually lay down those things that are barriers between you and us and renew our minds in your love for us so that we are mentally and emotionally present to be able to let your love flow out of us. You know, make, make that your commitment for 2000, going into 2015. You are going to 
put your mind and your heart at a place where you believe God's love for you. Quit letting that emotional stuff weigh on you. It's robbing God of the opportunity to love on people around you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We yield to you. We want to walk and follow you and love like you.